0: welcome back to be all radio this is episode 51 i'm your host brian rowan and i'm here with always ty reedy awesome yeah so today we're welcoming on casey smith he's a class of 2013 graduate born and raised in midway utah coming out of high school he was a state champ wrestled for the prestigious wasatch high school he's currently serving as a civil affairs officer and he's known around around the uh army wrestling crowd is the nicest guy in history welcome to the show casey thanks man no
1: happy to be here brian
0: <laughs> awesome well so what's what's going on you know we uh we got several requests for you to come on the show and i was like man i feel bad because casey texted me like six months ago and i don't. I texted him back so apologize <laughs> for that
1: <laughs> but it wasn't related to this it was just checking in man um <laughs> but no dude stoked to be on because i don't know uh it's no secret like i didn't crush i'm not a an all-star college wrestler but uh it's been super cool to you know just watch some of the guys and and uh i mean whether or not you you kill it in the wrestling or i think we all kill it in the wrestling room you know one day or another but uh, whether or not you kill it um, you know in college wrestling the relationships are, are just as strong and the, and the ties go just as deep so it's been cool to stay connected and i uh, definitely uh, still part of the family
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you, you couldn't say it better. I mean, we're not on here to get all the, you know, the best wrestlers of all time from army, you know, on, you know, back-to-back episodes, you know, all the time, we're trying to really build the, you know, the network between everybody and and keep everybody connected. And that's why we always close the show with, you know, asking who people want to hear because people listen and they, you know, they want to hear guys that they either want to know more about from other generations or, you know, guys they haven't talked to in a while that their classmates are, around the user classmates so it'll be it'll be fun i'm excited for the next hour or so
2: yeah the the different experiences you know get get people on different life paths and everything is what's the what it's all about and we obviously get that um tenfold at west point is more than any other program so that's uh the beauty of it i think in my opinion
0: yeah so case okay, so let's 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 hear what you're up to now where uh where you live and what you're doing you're still in the army, yeah. Uh, hey, man, you, you might not be able to tell, but uh, so I'm still on leave, uh,
1: which is why I can grow this nice, nasty red beard out. Uh, but I am still in the army currently, living in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I got accepted to teach Spanish at West Point, and as part of the the deal, uh, I become a participant in the Advanced Civil Schooling Program, um, which you know, once you get accepted, you apply to different universities and really wherever you get accepted you can go to so uh, I it's been a while since I've been back in Utah and uh, wanted to come on back so applied to the University of Utah Brigham Young University and uh, got accepted to the Latin American Studies program which seems a little bit more fun than language pedagogy is what they had at BYU so um, I here here in Salt Lake uh, starting classes on the 23rd of August and yeah man, just enjoying it it's been's it's been a good stretch I had i guess almost two months of leave and it's been awesome so the army <laughs> the army takes, but the army gives as well
2: so what does that mean Casey? uh that how which level you know right now which level of Spanish you're gonna teach, or is that based on your proficiency coming out? How do they determine that or just opening in the department?
1: yeah honestly, I don't know um uh. <laughs> I think just the basic spanish right uh so I'll be teaching uh likely the yucks whether or not i do that the the whole three years um is Mm. unknown to me but uh yeah that's kind of what i signed up for was just the basic spanish and it's kind of neat right because everybody at west point is required to take a a foreign language i think guys like me cross their fingers and really help for spanish or portuguese and not something crazy like uh, chinese (laughs) but uh yeah, so I'll get some of those
2: knuckleheads. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was one of the go- those guys praying for Spanish because I pretty much only learned how to spay- say el baño por favor in high school and they gave me German and I was just, it was a complete disaster. <laughs>
0: <That> <laughs> I didn't realize, out. I thought we picked it. I, don't, I took Spanish as well and I had like four years of Spanish in high school and I was, or three years of Spanish in high school, I was terrible at it. And
1: you
0: uh, I remember just getting it. No, man. Preferences,
1: right? You put in preferences, but there's some kind of evaluation. So, dude, isn't there? No,
2: how, how, yeah, how it was for me is uh, I remember it vividly.
1: Something's, uh,
2: something's.
0: uh, They said uh, even
2: if you fail the written proficiency test you if you took two years of that language in high school it doesn't matter how you perform on the written test you got to go to the verbal the oral so i'm sitting there and it was two at a time me and some other new cadet and this kid and this instructor just rapping back and forth in spanish and i'm like no comprendo sir and he got pissed he was like i know i told you to fail this on purpose so you can get spanish 101 i'm like no He's like fine german i'm like
0: damn it uh,
1: tricks on you oh. yeah yeah, that was, I don't remember it being that thorough, but I don't know. I don't remember, remember ever
0: taking a kind of test. I mean, they, they would learn quickly oh, that I don't course. know anything.
2: But yeah. Know. yeah. Anyway, back to you, Casey.
0: Oh, um, so, so,
2: so that's a cool. That's an awesome. You're gonna love it. I went back as a tack, so obviously I have half the brain uh, that you do, but um, you're gonna love it, man. You're gonna re- really, really uh, enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best thing. It's a really good program. So congrats on that. Better the second time around, huh? A little, little yeah, uh, it, it, it's nice to be on the other side of the door, for sure, um, no doubt. But, hey, so let's, let's – let's, now that we've kind of covered where you are now, let's go back to the beginning and tell us about your upbringing in Utah, kind of how you got brought up, and then obviously introduced into the sport and how you kind of grew, grew from there. Ooh. Yeah, so, um, I mean, when my parents
1: were in college or when my father was in college – they had two kids, so I was a BYU baby. Um, those are pretty fertile grounds there in, in Utah Valley, or the yeah Utah Valley, lots of lots of babies. Um, but when my dad graduated, he was from the East Coast. He grew up in Long Island, New York. So I think he picked a couple of jobs, applied to them, and we started, you know, for the East Coast, and made it to Michigan, and he got a, a was accepted. And we stayed in Michigan for a couple of years, then Idaho and made it back to Utah when I was uh, getting into first grade. So from first grade on through high school, uh, I grew up in the same small town, Midway, Utah. The high school is actually in Heber City, but it's all in the same valley. Uh, it's, it's a cool place, really cool place to grow up. Um, at the time, it was rural. It's still pretty rural, but it's like blown up, um, you know, now that I'm coming back lots of like money rolling in there it's kind of making it almost like a new park city which is just on the other side of the mountain um but yeah i mean i think part of the reason my my parents moved to to midway one it was kind of close to salt lake which is where my father was going to work uh, it was like 45 minutes but uh, they'd also heard about uh, the wrestling um and so wrestling was a part of my mother's family Uh, My grandfather was the first state champion for Delta High School, which is a small school, you know, down central, uh, further south in Utah. Uh, And then he coached for a lot of years and he was uh, a Hall of Fame uh, coach, like did did pretty well. So my uncles wrestled uh, and then actually my father also wrestled, I think for a year in high school, but he really had to work most of his high school years. So for that reason, I think he was super supportive of us. You know, when we wanted to to wrestle or to do things, um, you definitely enabled us to, to do so. But uh, because of that, I mean, we started super young. Yeah, like five or six. And I say we, my brothers, I got an older brother, Jordan, who's like a year and a half older than me, and the younger brother, Ethan, and then uh, some other siblings. But yeah, we started really young. And then there in... The Valley, uh, there's a a feeder program, right? Super small, it's called Little Wasp. And just about everybody in the Valley goes through Little Wasp. Whether or not, you know, you're going to grow up and wrestle in high school, uh, I think just about every kid, or at least at the time, went through that program. And I think the roots of a really good program starts with the Little League. So that we had that going for us. And then of course, solid uh, junior high or middle school, junior high. And then the high school, um yeah, that, I mean, the high school is it, just an awesome program, you know, and I, I think that historically there were good wrestlers. You get some of those farm folks that uh, are just hard-nosed, tough dudes, and they did well over the years. And then I know when Steve uh, Sanderson coached, I mean, he coached his boys, and they were outstanding. And I think that's probably when they started to get some, like, national recognition um, and so won for a lot of years there. And then even after the uh, Sanderson boys, uh, Cody, Cole, Kale, um, there were some more, you know, a really good streak of, of wins. So when I was in high school, I mean, we won two or three years in a row before I got into high school and then we won every year I was in high school uh, and just continued that on and they, you know, uh, continued to, to be successful. So it just really great program and probably great you know a lot of a lot because the the community support because they enabled us to to go cool, to cool places I mean we traveled all over the country as a team um, and
2: we're able to get to some of the best competition that way that's awesome that's great so did the Sanderson were they at that high did they go through that high school or did the little kids program or what Uh, So, um, yeah, I mean, the little kids program is Little Wasp, but the high
1: school, right? Wasatch High School uh, is where the the Sanderson uh, boys went to high school. And that's where Steve coached them. So Steve Sanderson, Papa Sanderson was the coach. And um, yeah, I mean, he he coached his older boys. And then Kyler, um, they left the Valley for a little bit and then came back. So my freshman year uh, was Kyler's junior year. And that's when uh, Steve came back. And he was assisting. Uh, so he wasn't the head coach, but he assisted uh, my sophomore or my freshman and sophomore year, which is when Kyler Sanderson was on the team before he went off to Iowa state with his brothers and then later transferred to Penn state. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So were they like, so how did the club work with Were any of the Sandersons involved in the club or like, you know, obviously, like the feeder programs. You know, feeder program had success, led into the club. You know, I was over at um, and me and Ty and the Simpsons got got together this past weekend, and we were talking about you know how to make successful clubs and ties to high schools and things like that. Um, I feel like a lot of times those those things are are you know, hand in hand. would they have a hand in in that in Little Wasps?
1: Yeah, so Little Wasp, actually, I mean, the high school kids, almost like I remember, you know, the the program that West Point was running, right? The Little League program, you had some of the guys on the team. I remember staying and doing some of the practices, uh, but that's how Little Wasp worked. It was, you know, dads. And then uh, I can't remember if we were volunteered, if we volunteered or we were volunteered to, to help out. But I know, you know, the, the wrestlers um, helped out with that program. And it was just a couple times a week during the the week. And I think it was like during our preseason. Um, and then on Saturdays, they would have like little wrestling tournaments and everybody would win and get a sucker. And, but it was just the exposure, right? But uh, freestyle and, and Greco were, were you know a huge part of also the, I think the success. So that I remember Steve Sanderson was a big part of our freestyle and, and Greco wrestling. So there was like, you know wrestling was school but then there was the the wasatch wrestling club um and that was just you know the local kids uh training for for greco and freestyle um i think a lot of that was you know the the high school coach also like supported that but i remember you know young coming up uh steve was was always a part of that and then uh even when we we're in high school and i can't remember it was probably still part of it, but I remember like Steve had a had a club, the generic wrestling club. And there was like six of us or something. It was just me and my brother, some of my best friends, and we just would train and, and go smash people. And it was pretty fun. So as far as success of the program, like uh, yeah, a lot of people volunteering tons of time, uh, like Steve and coach Disher, Kelly's, lots of local folks who had wrestled they just gave back. And I think that was the, the key to the success of the entire program. So a lot of people contributing uh, their time and effort.
2: That's gotcha. great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so you went, so I think b introduced you as a one-time, as a state champ, but you're a four-time finalist. Um had uh, sad days, man. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, four times I mean that's uh that's uh that's four more than most people so um that's pretty awesome so uh obviously you had a, a great coaching and all that and and was it always a goal of yours to to go and wrestle in college or did that come later and and why and talk just maybe through the decision process recruiting process and then why you ultimately chose West Point yeah, um, yeah I mean I think throughout
1: my high school experience uh, and before high school I was watching Kale and Cody like I was watching the boys that went through the high school and it it was it, it felt fairly attainable you know to like wrestle mm-hmm. at the next level and then uh, you know fortunately we we had success and I say we like my brother uh, that Salazar's there were, there were some of us or a couple of us that went in and wrestled in college afterwards. And um, yeah, I guess to go back to it, it, seemed attainable and that just helped with, with confidence. And so when we were competing, um, let's see, to get into it, I'll go back to when I was like in eighth grade, ninth grade, or whenever Caleb was going to win his fourth uh, NCAA championship. I think it was in Albany, New York, Albany or Rochester um but my dad took my brothers and I back to New York uh to to watch Kale win his fourth which was awesome um and while we were there you know we went to his old stomping grounds on Long Island and he also took us up to West Point uh, and we took the tour and, and went around and I remember him getting into an argument with uh the tour guide at the the chapel they were talking trying to argue with what was the biggest organ in the in the Northern United States or something, I don't know, in the United States, something like that, but it it was cool. So that was the first (laughs) exposure. Uh, So I knew about West Point, uh, but didn't really think about going until my sophomore year ran into uh, Billy Maldonado who was assisting for for Coach Barbie. And he was an ISU guy, he was an Iowa State guy. Um, So I can't remember if he like came over to Steve or, uh, but talked to him. And that was my sophomore year and then started getting recruited later. And I met, you know, Coach Barbie, I think was really good, like uh, just sending little letters or checking in. But I didn't meet him until uh, my junior year at uh, the national tournament, like the junior nationals. It was in Pittsburgh that year. Uh, I think it's in Virginia Beach now, but met him. And I remember always feeling like I had to prove like, hey, you know, uh, I really want to do this. Um, so, like, getting a little nervous and wanting to perform well because I knew who was going to be there. Uh, but it, it it went well, and I had the opportunity to visit. Um, I think my first visit may have been the summer leader seminar, uh, and I, they got me in super late. But I was like, I don't know, you know. And so they got me into the summer leader seminar, which I imagine they still do. But it was just like a two week period to mm-hmm. check West Point out. And I remember driving in on the bus uh and you got all these like kids just excited for west point and um i don't know lots of smart nerds and interesting cats (laughs) but you know there i was and it was cool to to just see west point um and interact with some of the students that were there doing their summer thing uh so really positive first impression and then i wanted to you know get back and I can't remember if uh, summer leader seminar was first or if I went to the camp but you know talked to my parents and uh was able to go to the camp um and that was solid you know just to be there with some of the boys so we were talking earlier about Austin Millister and then the the Simpsons most of the Simpsons except for Willie they were graduated before I got there but I, I met them at the camp and like John Anderson I remember John Anderson teaching at the camp so I mean that was that was also really nice just to connect with some of those older guys, uh, and of course, super solid group. So that started my recruitment process and then um was able to to make it back. And they put me up uh on a recruiting visit with Bob Haichu, who we were talking about. So shout out to Bob Haichu. Shout out
0: to Bob, Hichu. Uh, Hichu. Uh, Bob.
1: <laughs> And yeah, just again, really good experience. And I remember like Nate Bobbin and uh oh fig what was fig's name uh ferguson it
0: wasn't fig it was ferguson i was like was scott scott ferguson I was like, ferguson featherstone one of the two featherstone
1: <laughs> like all the boys nando like just yeah man it sucked me right in so I, I was stuck uh so i mean i think i got some letters to other places maryland um cornell some other other spots but they sucked me in pretty tight, and that that was the only place that that I wanted to visit the only place I really wanted to go to. so Very it cool.
0: sounds like you uh i guess it, it's funny because I feel like we know each other, and i I put these docs together with all these questions, and I'm like, I don't know anything about people, but uh no, it sounds because like, I was going to say like, oh, was it a culture shock of you coming to West Point, but it sounds like you knew exactly what to expect going to s l you know whatever the, the summer, SLS, summer yeah, and then, yeah but I mean.
1: they, they only show you the good stuff right i mean <laughs> they're they're really nice to you there during sls and I, I think i knew you know you watch the videos and you hear about the cadet and the red sash and different things um but i was put at ease a little bit because um like the day before we reported for beast we had uh, a little barbecue and so i remember meeting rudy and kirk landon and um like my my entire class there and so when we were uh going through beast of course some of us were in the same platoon or we were close but these were guys that you just hung out with the day before and and so we had that initial connection um and so you know when you're getting yelled at or or when you've just gotten your hair cut and you're feeling naked and afraid like (laughs) <laughs> you, you can look around and, and wink at those guys and everybody had a pretty upbeat spirit so yeah, that was cool i sure there's a culture shock um I remember waiting in line the the lady in front of me um I said something under her breath about my needing to to have a haircut because I I had my hair kind of longer because I can't have it now right but uh I mm-hmm. had it longer and was just living my best life and Then that was gone. Uh, So maybe a little bit of a shock there, but nothing too too unexpected.
0: Gotcha. (laughs) Um. So uh, so we overlapped the first two years, um, and then you moved on to pursue the your you know the Mormon mission. Um, Talk to us about that process. You know, applying for it, deciding where to go. Uh, I think a lot of listeners, uh, several of the listener questions that we had were tied to details on the Mormon mission because. You know, a lot of times you hear of people doing it, but you don't really ask the details. So if you could talk about that for sure, we want to.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, by that time, by the time that I, it was time for me to go, it was already pretty built into the system. I think uh, guys started going probably mid or late eighties, early nineties. Um, and I think just like culturally or at the time, or traditionally, let's say that, yeah. Tr- so traditionally, they were leaving after their uh, yuck year, after sophomore year. Um, and so that was just my plan. Uh, and because guys had, had left uh, West Point, generally learned a new language, returned, had success, uh, the process was pretty easy. Uh, so I just had to indicate that that's what I wanted to do. And I probably told my tack, you know, uh, told my tack. And then I remember having to talk to like a, the battalion commander or whatever, but it was like that was a requirement of the process because you were resigning, um, and so you had to check those boxes. But it was always, "Hey, I'm leaving with the intent to come back," um, and that definitely made it a pretty easy process. You know, nobody was trying to like talk you out of it. Um, it was a little hard because it was tough to leave the leave the boys. Uh, I mean. It was a solid two years, really solid group, and then also like I was getting a little bit better when it comes to wrestling, like you're, you're improving. Uh, so it was kind of hard to leave, but that was always the goal, right? It was it was to to go and to serve uh, a mission, and so that's you know that's what I was able to follow through and do. Uh, as far as you know, uh, like picking where I went, you just submit your your packet and. You have a put a little bit of experience. So I think I put, you know, that I had Spanish uh, in high school and in college, but I wasn't like the best college Spanish speaker. I think I got like B's, maybe a, No, probably not a C. Uh, but got like B's <laughs> in Spanish uh, there at West Point. Um, but then you get a letter back and it says like, "Hey, congratulations! You've been called to serve in the Guayaquil, South Ecuador mission." And that's it. Like you don't get a pick. Uh, and so I, I then you know resigned, and I've got my my little certificate that says like honorable discharge from the army, you know the whole the whole shebang. Uh, and so you're completely gone. But uh, I stayed in touch a little bit. Uh, I think a letter, a couple letters uh, with the boys' coach uh, checked in every now and then. And then like a year and a half out, because uh, it's it's generally twenty four months, two years. Um, so it was probably before a year and a half, probably about a year out is when I started like to reapply, which I did have to do, but I don't recall it being as painful as the first time. And maybe it was just because I had a lot of the stuff already done, but I did have to re retake the the PT test. I remember we had to like get a taxi to uh, mark out, you know, what a mile was and run that and do different things um, <laughs> to meet the requirements. But um, yeah, reapplied, and with the reapplication, I think one of the most stressful things is that nomination, right? But the first time I got one nomination and probably by the skin of my teeth. The second time, like everybody knew that I had already completed two years, so I got the nomination pretty easy, and it wasn't that bad uh, to to get reaccepted. And I didn't really get another nomination.
0: That's, that's what's cool. that? Yeah, cool. I did have
1: to get another nomination. Yeah, I had to get another nomination because um, like. In, I think the the process was entirely new, right? So I had to start at scratch in a way, um, but having the the credit of already done two years and then especially you know, with a state like Utah where they have probably a lot of the the guys from Utah to go to the academy may leave and serve a mission um, just because of the number of members of the church there are from here, it was was pretty easy. But uh, a little plug that I'll throw in there, like I remember coming back to West Point and going through this like, in processing uh, me and the, the other guys there were six other dudes that had left and served missions and there was another guy or two I remember at least one other that had also left he wasn't a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, but he left and just kind of took like a hiatus and I think he went to Africa I can't recall if it was a year or two but I mean the that just tells me that the option is open and it's not just uh, you know members of the church it's if you've got that calling or I don't know, maybe in certain cases like Olympics or different things, you could probably go that route. You know, I, I think the sky's the limit. But that that certainly allowed me to accomplish a goal that I had set and then uh, was able to come back.
0: So do you. Um, is it funded by your church, like your hometown church or is there like a society that that like like a national like kind of fund that does it or do you have to apply for scholarships for those like how is that all orchestrated
1: yeah so there is a general missionary fund uh, that folks can contribute to or when you're in your like local congregation or your local ward uh, members can contribute to the like the ward missionary fund Uh, but part of the deal is like or part of i guess the deal those who are able to pay for it themselves. Um, so like I was saving money and um, had intended to pay for it uh, myself. And so you contribute to, you know, where your local congregation is, you contribute to um, the ward missionary fund to like pay. Uh, I can't remember how much it is. I don't know, for Americans, it's probably like five or $600 a month or something like that. There's some kind of mark. Um, but yeah, if your family is able to, you do it yourself, and uh, although I had intended to do it, like my parents covered that so I could save the money that that I was saving up. Um, and other folks that I know, um, like a cadet at West Point who left uh, from West Point. I think he was baptized while he was at West Point and wanted to go on a mission. Like I remember contributing to to that. And you just it's pretty easy to do so. Um, that way, when you're out there, it's like you know. At least I remember, like, hey, uh, I'm the thought was I was paying for this. So I'm not gonna goof around. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, get sent home or something um, because there are, are different rules, uh, pretty strict actually, like not not going to the movie theater or watching TV or hanging out um, all too much. Like your intent is to, to be there. Uh, and that's a proselyting mission. So you're talking to people about the church and sharing uh, with them principles that at least in, in my situation enabled me certain um opportunities and happiness or you know uh and understanding that definitely blessed my life so it was something that we wanted to share but yeah pay for it but if you can't like there's always there's there's people that uh that look out for you
2: that's awesome so our um so i can't imagine you know i'm one of those guys just put my head down and like get this done with which is um <laughs> But so I, so did you have any second thoughts? Like you get out, you're down in South America, you're getting your tan on, growing your hair back out. You're like, ooh, this is kind of nice. Don't know if Um, I want to go back. Did you ever have any of those thoughts?
1: A little bit, but not not too much. Like I remember, and so at the time, missionaries can call their families now, I think on a weekly basis. At the time we couldn't. Um, So you talk to your family like on, mother's day on Christmas. When I started the, the reapplication process, I got permission to, to make a few phone calls. And one of the folks that I talked to was Colonel Messick. Um and just to, you know, check in with him, see how things were going. And he was, you know, he was a huge part of my support system um, the first two years. And so like, I, I think mostly just wanted to check on myself, like, Hey, if I'm still, still down for this, but uh, uh I remember feeling, you know, pretty confident and excited to to get back. Um, I think I was aware that there was a change, like in coaching, that Coach Barbie had gone elsewhere, and um, and um, Coach Heskett was there. But I, you know, knew uh, of Joe and was excited to get back. A little tiny part of me, like I remember, uh, so Debbie Sanderson. I, I think uh, Kale and the and the boys had moved to to Penn State at the time, and a small fraction of me was like, you know what, maybe I should just go to Penn State, but uh, I don't know <laughs> if I would have even made the team, right? So um, I went to to West Point, knowing that like, hey, we we've got solid folks there. I had a solid experience, and um, you know the program seems to still be in good hands. So I, I went back pretty excited. Were you uh,
0: able to like? work out over there or like i'm sure you maybe not like have wrestling mats but are you know you're like hand fighting on you know in the dirt something like
1: (laughs) i mean part of the part of the missionary schedule is like you wake up and you you work out i think like it's a prescribed schedule right Mm -hmm. uh so i think it was 6 30 to 7 or 7 30 was time to work out um but i wasn't like killing it and then the last uh the last year of my mission, I was in different leadership positions. In the last six months, like I, I was super busy and just remember missing a lot of meals, um, and of course getting sick and different things like uh, uh, that happen. And in, in good old South America, you know. So um, when I came back, I was 141 pounds. I was I was super skinny.
2: Um, what was your weight class? We we didn't even touch on that. Yeah, what, well, what, what... So
1: the first two years, yeah, I was 141 pounds. So I was there, right. you know, behind Matt Kyler. Um, and then when, when Matt moved up, I uh, was there with Casey Tom and with Willie. Um, but, yeah, I wrestled 141 and came back, you know, 141. I, I was al- always like a pretty tall guy. I think I was probably six foot by then uh, even. And so it was starting to, to be a little bit of a stretch. Um, and so I would have liked to, to be big, but I came back super skinny, and I remember coming in and introducing myself. And I technically, I think I was a walk-on, um, but in my mind, like I, I was never off the team. I just walked in and uh, I still knew uh, Raph and, and the other boys uh, who were freshmen when I was a sophomore and they were now seniors. Um, so it was super comfortable, but I remember uh, Paul Young, you know, he was like, hey, like go do some, some pull-ups. Let's see what you got. And I think I did four three or four pull-ups <laughs> so I wasn't in the best shape but I guess I, I probably could have done uh, a lot better uh, I know of like a football player or two, and, and they're able to or Matt Brown right so Matt Brown Penn State uh, Utah boy who won a national championship and he worked out and stayed in shape and, and was able to do it uh, but I guess he was just more diligent than me in, in that aspect so, possible but yeah I did not Did not kill it. I was still in okay shape, like I I could run pretty well, run like a gazelle. But uh, (laughs) probably should have been working on my strength.
2: So you rattle off some pretty, uh, you know, some studs there. So I guess you know, talk us through just briefly. Your, uh, you know, so you were behind Kyler the first few years. So then, and then you go on your mission. You come back, and then in the room is Pat, is uh, Willie, and Casey, Tom. Well, so they were there. Um, my
1: freshman, sophomore year was, uh, yeah, Matt Kyler and then Willie and Casey. Uh, when I came back, uh, it was Connor Hannafee, but I mean, I guess Connor did get hurt, but by the end of the year, I was, you know, I was the guy that went to EIWA, so I, and he and I had traded, I think we okay. started on and off um, throughout my junior year, um, but I, I still got to go back to the the jv circuit that i was pretty familiar with um, <laughs> you know my first two years I, i'll throw it in there I, so yeah i did really well my sophomore year but it was on the jv circuit but I, I it still like gave me the confidence that hey there's some other guys in college that i'm like beating pretty handedly and i was feeling pretty confident um yeah that shot
0: at matt kyler and uh and, and dick starks because he, he had a higher winning percentage than they did Yeah, I I don't know.
1: But uh, of course, the the quality of the quality of folks uh, certainly should be considered. Um, Although, I mean, there are tough dudes everywhere, and I'm sure uh, some of those guys went off and did great things after I left. But I came back from my mission, right? And so I went back to those tournaments, and I remember um, I feel like I was starting to gain some ground and went to the the Penn State Open, right? Um, And I guess a little bit of a sidebar, right? So I went to go check my weight and stepped off the scale. And uh, good old Dave Taylor was like, Casey, what's up, man? Because I was surprised that he remembered me, uh, David, um, going back to like Wasatch Wrestling, right? And because it's a good program, you get folks, different folks from all over uh, that sometimes are on vacation or that come by. And um, I can't remember how young we were, but we were all pretty young. Dave was super skinny uh, little dude. And I think they were living in Wyoming at the time, but came over and, and wrestled with us. And we were, we were pouncing on him, uh, me my brother and Jake Salazar. And, and, uh, it was, you know, it's interesting to look back, uh, because now he's winning gold medals and doing great things, but he's doing that because he worked his ass off, uh, you know, even from when he was young, but he was always finding tough competition um and that was cool so shout out to usa wrestling you know dave taylor and the rest of the crew killing it at the olympics um but yeah so he said you know what's up and that was cool but then i actually did pretty well i think i ended up fifth at that tournament and just like started feeling it again and um and had a good year so again i was faced with another tough decision to to leave the boys um uh, at the end of that year uh i think i got surgery on my foot uh i had a bunion if you don't know what a bunion in, look like look at your grandparents feet and that's bunions like <laughs> toes kind of going out but i had a bunion on my right foot that actually hurt a little bit so i had had it operated on and then was rehabbing and uh, the spanish uh, department or one of my spanish teachers was like yo do you want to go to chile uh, you know abroad and at the, I, I told him no the first time, and he, he came back and asked me again, and, like, later on in the year, and I was just thinking about it, and for whatever reason, you know, the, the third time, I felt like it was something that I should do, so uh, I just went for it, and there I was, you know, at the end of uh, my junior year, having kicked off some of the, the rust and started to, like, get back in shape and feeling pretty good, and then I made a decision that, probably wasn't best for my wrestling um but for whatever reason i don't know maybe i just needed another break from from west point i did two (laughs) years took a two-year break did a year took a six-month break uh but yeah ended up going to uh chile for six months like from june july uh to december so missed the you know and that was my senior year and that like i still kind of had it in my mind like no I can still do it I can come back and and do all right but uh, that was something that I wanted to do so I did judo while I was there Um, and they actually like had me represent their judo team they had this I guess it's similar to the all academy tournament right so you have like the naval and this is in Chile right but you have the naval academy they have like this school for the police and I think another one and the the police were pretty good, and they had a, a black belt that was in my weight. Uh, and like during the team competition, it was just like a, a dual tournament, so you know you send out your guy, and, and the points were close. And I had this black belt dude. And um, cool thing about judo is it's pretty similar to wrestling. You know, there's a couple things that wrestle you can't do that uh, with judo that you can't do with wrestling. But like somehow we got down on the ground. And I just kind of like wrapped him up, you know, did the little octopus thing and just uh wrapped my, my little clutches around him and like ended up beating him. But uh a reason for that uh little tangent um was a couple of weeks before that. Um and the reason, you know, that I, I appreciate that I actually did make that decision and go to uh to Chile was uh, we found out that my father was, was sick. Uh, you know, I got a call one night uh, from my brothers and, you know, my, my father was there and uh, he told me that he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Um, and so, you know, being far away, but of course, even if I was at West Point, I would have been 2000 miles away. Uh, so wouldn't have been able to do too much, but uh, I just remember kind of like, Hey, you know, I, I need something to I need a story to tell so like beating the this police officer cadet black belt was a little bit of a story and it was kind of fun to laugh about because I was actually able to go back uh, to the United States. Um, the way that the Chileans do it right They're opposite hemispheres so uh, they kind of take their winter break. Um, there in august september or they had a break in august and september um so i was just gonna have three weeks to travel and to go around um but i was able to go back and and be in utah home when my father like started chemotherapy and started the process Uh, why things happen you know I, i i don't know but uh like I'm a religious person, I pray, and, and for whatever reason, I felt like it was a good idea to go, and I, I will always appreciate, like, those three weeks that I had um, at home when my father started the process, because then I went back, went back to Chile, uh, finished up this semester, and it was awesome, because, you know, I had one that helped contribute to the academy in some way, you know, people treated me really well, and it was, it, it was just a great, great experience, and then went back, finished out and graduated my you know my father uh, at that time was getting pretty sick uh, but he was able to make it out uh, make it to my graduation and then make it to my brother's wedding uh, before he passed but he passed when I was uh, at basic officer leader course in Fort Benning I guess I made it home right another blessing Um, he was getting sick but uh, had a break or I can't remember if I like just told him that I was going to I needed to take a break, but made it back uh, in time to be with him uh, for when he passed. And, um, you know, to, to get to the brotherhood a little bit. Uh, yeah, it, it was hard to leave on my mission because uh, I love those guys like Rudy Chilednik and Josh Sandenhouse, Rob Swan. Uh, I could list them all off, right? Uh, it was super hard to leave those guys. I love those guys. Um, and then coming back and being adopted into the family again, you know, or at least to the class by Jordan Tom and and the rest of the crew. Um, but it was those guys, you know, like Rudy, and, you know, another shout out to uh, uh, to Christian Snook, you know, that from the grapevine, they just heard out and they, they were the guys that reached out. And I know, you know, with Mike Gorman's uh, story that I happened to listen to as well, similar experience, just the, The guys showing up and 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 reaching out and being present and now you know it it may go years without hearing from some of these guys or some guys that you know with these i need to to probably call and see see what they're doing see what they're up to but uh the the relationships that you establish and solidify while at school they they last forever and that's a real thing and it was it was nice to to feel that you know at a time that i needed it and uh uh, yeah, we'll never forget that. Those guys uh, reached out when they needed to and still doing great things. And so that, you know, um, it was tough, but uh, just kept going, uh, went back to to Fort Benning and, you know, continued on uh, the Army route.
2: So you branched infantry?
1: Uh, actually branched um, mm-hmm. armor. And they changed it, okay, so Yeah, I think they, it was like a yeah. year or two before I graduated. The armor guys yeah. went from being at Knox to Benning. Um, mm-hmm. So went to Fort Benning, finished a Bullock. And then, it was you know, nice that when you're at Benning, you can kind of sneak on to different courses like uh, like Ranger School, a uh, lot lot easier. So although I was armor, I uh, was able to get that slot, uh, go do the, the Ranger School thing. And then it just set me up for a better time when i did report to my first unit and, and thereafter
0: and where was that were you skinnier after the mormon mission or after ranger school
1: <laughs> So i was skinnier after the mormon mission because like my gut actually went in because after ranger school i remember like standing in this pond my little brother came up and uh i just i don't know if i guess a food baby is the appropriate term i had the super skinny arms just malnourished but i had like a little bit of a gut and just standing like in the river just like looking down at my torn and decrepit body um, <laughs> but it, yeah a little bit more of a belly after ranger school than after my mission so
2: where would you post
1: yeah so uh first post was fort lewis washington
2: okay
1: um highly recommend that fort lewis was was awesome uh and I don't know, maybe we can get into it a little bit, but we've already gone for a long time, but it was kind of hard to finish up at West Point and also leave, you know, knowing that there's there was a war going on. Um, and 2007, when I first got there, was like when the surge was going on. And just a part of those first two years You know, it was expecting and knowing that you were going to go into into combat and then choosing to leave and in a way feeling kind of like, oh, shoot, you know, I'm like peacing out when my friends, my brothers are going to potentially go into harm's way. And here I am, like doing something else in in Ecuador. Um, But I bring that up because like so because of that two year gap, when I graduated. I went to um, yeah, Fort Lewis. And I think second idea, just come back from a deployment, maybe to Afghanistan. And so we weren't on the docket to deploy anywhere, ended up doing a deployment, uh, pathways deployment to Malaysia and Thailand. Uh, and then in that process was, or started uh, looking for the next step, which was, I'd planned to do special forces because, hey, speak Spanish. Like I want to keep speaking Spanish. And the goal from when I was a cadet because of my experience as, a, as at Chile, like meeting some of the foreign area officers was to be a FAO. So it was like, hey, what can I do with the language? What can I do to stay in the region? Um, so I went to this special forces briefs um, and found out about civil affairs because I think the civil affairs brief was right after it or, or something like that. Uh, and so when we came back from the pathways deployment, I went to selection uh, was selected for civil affairs, and then transitioned to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, for the civil affairs pipeline, and then was stationed uh, there uh, at Fort Bragg for with the ninety eighth civil affairs battalion, which is aligned with uh, Latin America, South South America, Central America, and the Caribbean.
0: Nice. Did you did you deploy at all with uh, in your civil affairs unit? Or what, what was your kind of like role? And I I know it can be very pretty broad sometimes in the mission set, what was your kind of role throughout the your time as a team leader?
1: Yeah, so I fortunately I was able to to be a team leader and deploy, uh, I deployed to Panama and that was when 2018, 19, um, but yeah, uh, deployed to Panama and it's interesting mission, right? Because when I was deployed, I was dressed like this most of the time, you know, I, I don't think I was ever in a uniform. Um, you're in the embassy or we're out and about and it was more so like uh, working on stability. You know civil affairs identifies uh, civil vulnerabilities, which is like you know uh, impoverished communities or uh, people that are out of work and like because they're out of work being recruited by uh, the bad guys. Uh, so we worked pretty closely with the, the police and we were trying to improve the relationship between you know the local community and the police. Um, because when you have a more stable, uh, country, dirtbags can do last things. And when we have, as a country, when we have more stable partners, uh, then it supports our interests. So that was a really cool deployment. Um, and cause I got to be a team leader, just me and three other guys doing some, some pretty neat things, uh, came back, uh, cause my wife was having a baby and, uh, we had our, our first child Nova. Uh, so my wife Shakira Champ um, had our first child Nova and then six months afterwards we adopted our son Ja King who just turned six so that's fun but yeah I mean then with two kids I was the Civil Military Operations Center stayed with the same um, company and I was with the same company I guess almost three years Uh, so I went from being a team leader to the CMOC with which is similar to an EXO. Uh, civil affairs companies don't have executive officers, but the CMOC is like the, the right-hand man of the commander and there's their major's command. Um, so, you know, I was a captain as a team leader and that was my like KDE time. I didn't have to be a, a company commander, uh, you know, to meet that time as a captain um, and then deployed uh, as like an operations officer to, um sotocano uh honduras and that's where you know we have a special operations command forward there in honduras uh under soc south Uh, so we were there as a headquarters element you know uh, getting our boys whatever they needed and also establishing some relationships there with the the hondurans and doing different uh uh, different things yep did deploy and that was that was nice deployments as a civil affairs or just within special operations, I think are, are pretty enjoyable. And uh, I highly recommend it.
0: Appreciate it. Right. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, this is probably a good transition into some listener questions. Um, I probably should have had this one earlier because it chronologically would have made a little bit more sense, but uh, Willie Simpson asked, um, you know, can I talk about when you came back, like maybe the culture, of the different eras, because yeah, one coaching staff and you came back with another one. You know what was that kind of shift like? Um, if you can think of it, I probably should have prepped you on this one because that's like kind of a thinking question. But um, good question from from Slick Willie. Oh no surprise there, well, oh, Slick Willie. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know.
1: There was certainly a difference, but what was it? I mean, because the the quality of people, like the of the guys. It's consistent you know you get solid dudes um that are just there for for a lot of the right reasons i think uh of course chuck barbie is is a lot different than joe heskett uh what are the differences though i'm dancing around it um (laughs) i
0: don't know man honestly i well let's let's have you sit on it and i'll ask some easier all right yeah yeah we'll we'll come back that one last that's our one uh, Matt Kyler asks, how did he become such a wonderful ray of sunshine in a dark and sad world? <laughs> oh,
1: geez. Well, that's when I was young, Matt. You should talk to me now. I, I'm a lot more critical and sad, but uh, I was still trying to bounce back. Uh, yeah, man, just good people. I was always surrounded by good people. My mom wrote nice messages to me in my in my lunchbox when I was a kid. I think that's where
0: it started. <laughs> Oh, this is
2: a, What else, B-Row?
0: I got to figure out who this is because his name isn't on, uh, in the question.
2: While well, B-Row is looking for that, I'll say every Mormon, um, cadet that I knew, so the Bob High shoes, I don't know if you know Dave Plot, it was, he's my classmate, um, uh, those are no, the just two really things. Austin,
1: Austin, and Bob uh, were the guys that I knew.
2: Just it, every one of them to a t were absolute animals. Like Dave was like top physically in our class, um, just super and just super good dudes. Um, now for the soldiers I had <laughs> when I was a kid, yeah, yeah. Was a little different story. Uh, hey, we people no. too, man. Everybody, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's interesting,
1: right?
2: Yeah, no, right. But, the, but 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 uh, I just remember. Um, almost to a T, like everyone was just to a person, everyone's just one of the you know, the best people you ever meet and just um at physical studs as well to, to boot. So it's just just one of those things where like unless you go to like I'm mean, of course I don't have experience from undergrad at other universities, but unless you go to some place like West Point or BYU, like there's probably not a whole lot of exposure um to that. You know, I was from small town Florida. So I didn't didn't know any any more. And so it's just another great thing about West Point.
1: Yeah, for sure. Not a good exposure. And, and I benefited from that in different ways, too. You know, yeah, um, yeah they bring the best of them, the best of their communities, and you get to mix it up. So, so
2: what you got, be
0: His name is Potero. Last name is Potero. Christian. Um. He asked Is Mormon strength real?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
0: yes. Yeah, why did I hesitate on that? Of course it is. <laughs> I mean, I this. It, was, it was just kind of silly shenanigans. Uh, Rudy chaletic, this isn't a question. He just said, just tell Casey that I—that he says Gus Chiggins says hi. Oh, Gus Chiggins, you know what that's about, Brian. Yeah, I, I think you showed that one to us. I don't know if I showed it, but that's that one goes way back. You ever see the uh, this SNL skit, tie with uh, Will Ferrell? He plays this character, Gus Chiggins.
2: Trust me, okay. Joshua, you will know. <laughs> i'm sure i've seen it
0: oh man i still i still send pictures of lanterns when i see them in stores to like <laughs> and willie and all them, man that'll never get old it never aired but it's like and it's it's silly shenanigans but it's funny um gotcha that's it for the listener question so you know before we hop off we always ask you know, who do you want to hear on the show next you know we'll uh, Want to hear a few of them because you 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 reeled all, some people saying and then you mentioned others and you're like I don't know if you want to change your list around.
1: I still want to hear from Rudy. I don't know if Rudy's already been invited, but my, my official submission
0: is Rudy Chilednik. Uh, and then I'm worried with Rudy because he's so fake negative. <laughs> <that he doesn't laughs> think people are going to take it real. He's he like tries to act like he's an army hater, but he's like the best army officer probably you'll ever meet. He tries to act like he hates army wrestling, and he listens to every one of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid, oh, dude, are, are, are serious I think I'll... Rudy
1: will be alright, dude. Rudy's a he's the man, and I think he's. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe he's more mature now. Maybe he's still goofball, but uh, still, he's my final answer. Does uh, Coach Barbie? Does he get an invitation? Is he yeah, so yeah, we're working especially? on a time.
0: We're working on a time right now. He's uh, actually, he just messaged me back like uh, this weekend. But uh, we're trying to figure out time because he's out, on, you know, on the West Coast time, um, not on vacation. So uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to organize a time here in the next couple of weeks to get his recorded. Other honorable mentions in this order,
1: Ryan Mergen, Christian Snook, and Richard Starks. I'm right, given you a whole list, but. As Ryan
2: Mergen's prep school coach. I take some of the credit and him being how awesome he you
1: hey, Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's cool, man.
2: Great, dude. No, good pick. I like that one.
1: Awesome, yeah. Well, awesome,
2: Casey. Yeah, great that, no, talking.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thank you That's so it. much. Uh, thanks for getting me on here, connecting connecting the old long gray line. And, I, Brian, I'll try and go back to your question, right? What was different? Um, I mean, you had different faces, some different technique, uh, maybe. But the, the cool thing about um, – an institution like West Point is—it is a long gray line, right? You get a lot of really quality people. Um, so as, as much as some things were different, what, what what was consistent was you had people that wanted to to succeed, that wanted to be great at wrestling, and um, that were willing to help you uh, also be great in the different uh, you know the different uh, adventures and goals that we had. So. Now, I think that continues, and it's cool to see, you know, with this and with uh, just what Coach Ward and the rest of the boys are doing, um, that they're just continuing on, man. Always getting better and, and figuring it out
0: no matter who's at the helm. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we waited for that response because that was a... Was...
1: Got to bring it home, man. Got to bring it home. Yeah, it good. Yeah.
0: Well, it was great having you on. Appreciate it. You know, we'll have to catch up more, uh, keep better in touch. but.
2: And have
1: B- fun baby. have fun in grad school all right hey thanks ty great to yeah. great to meet you a little bit better yeah. and uh brian as always thanks
0: man love you dude. keep it up you too man later, later. thanks for tuning in to the Hall radio show if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform if there's something you'd like to hear on a future show Reach out to us on any of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can reach us at email, behaw.radio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and as always, go Army, be Navy.